Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to the Parawink Podcast. It's been wow. a while, but you Not know, really. here we are. Not really. I'm pretty sure it's been two. <laughs> it's two seconds in and I've already gotten distracted. <laughs> wow. She said goldfish. That's right. Wow. What is this? Why do I have two fridges? Why is there a penguin? Well, simple. My penguin likes to have two fridges and I like to have my penguin. <laughs> That's right. That is the answer. There's no other explanation. Aha. Uh-huh. I lied. I moved into school. And the school that I go to that was shown before, I think, but you know, mystery. It's been interesting. I've taken about maybe like 10 COVID tests. All of them are negative. I know what a flex. Um, School is hard. I'm trying to get my EMT squad to run or to train to run starting March 1st. And that has been stressful. So pretty much all of my time has been dedicated to that. Um, I haven't even been bullet journaling. Um... I think like yesterday was the first day that I kind of like took a step back and I was like, okay, let's just hang out. So we played league. That was fun. What else? I don't like adjusting to campus life was weird. Um, But you know, the food is actually decent for once. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I really like my room. It's really big. I have a huge desk. Recording is fun all the time. Yeah, I brought I, I, I brought all of my plants with me, so they're all displayed. My room has like a um, mid-century modern vibe, like a lot of wood tones, a lot of greens, um, a lot of like black hardwood. No, hardware. <laughs> I mean, almost the same. Hardwood, hardware. That's right. This is periwinkle. Um, Should I catch up now, or? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'm in the same place as always. Oh, wait, wait, wait! I have the flippity floppity thing now. That's right. The, the octopus, and then if you flip, it gets angry. But right now, I am not angry, so it's on. It's on the good one. The the smiley face. This is how Julian can tell if I'm angry or not. Solely through this. Nothing else. My stone cold emotionless face. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Because that's what you have. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm delicious, you know, in the same place as always. Um, I've been skiing a bunch. Uh, I, I can safely say that I can now ski at an adequate level and by that i mean i can go on unmarked territory and still make it out alive which i did by accident last weekend uh but for liability reasons um for legal reasons he did not do this there was no such thing um this is all a fever dream (laughs) Uh uh uh-huh so i've been doing that i've been doing some music for my friend um 
So maybe that'll come out soon, but he has to tell me when he actually wants me to send him the music and then he can sing over it. But there we are. Uh, <laughs> but that should be coming out relatively soon. Um, what else? I've been I trying to... Sorry. True, true. <laughs> you, you did get a printer, yes. Um, it's really pretty. I know, I know. Super pretty. Super pretty. Um, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Kind of been doing music and uh, getting interrupted by my girlfriend, you know? So that's that's what I've been doing. <laughs> no, same old, same old. That's right. <laughs> I never interrupt you. No, never. Never. I just have a thought and I say it. Now, yep. sometimes that might be when you're talking, but I can't really control that. Uh-huh. You're, you're just talking at a time when I'm thinking, you know. Yeah. It's all your How fault. Da- you're, yeah. you're interrupting. Exactly. My- <laughs> yeah, you're interrupting my quiet space. Uh-huh. Oh, I wish my brain was a quiet space. <laughs> yeah, you always are, like, thinking of, like, 10 things at once. It's kind of funny. And then I'm saying an 11th thing. Something that I've been doing more often recently is not finishing my sentences. Um, yeah, she'll be like, so should I take a nap or should I drink? And then she'll just stop for well, like five even. minutes. I'll be like, well, should I take a nap or... And then I just stop there. And then I'll be like, did I finish my sentence yet? And you'll be like, no. <laughs> but then I won't finish it for another like 10 minutes. Very disruptive. That's okay. Being disruptive is okay. Oh, see, we've already switched. Now we're out of class. See, you've you've already see you interrupted my my thought. Uh Right. I told you. (laughs) I like my classes. I'm a TA. Someone in my class noticed me as a person in their class. They were like, she's smart. And I was like, oh, thanks. I hope I'm smart. I have to work on your thesis with you. I think that's it. I got a new matcha whisk thing because my first one, um, like you would put it in the liquid and then it would just spaz out and have a complete seizure. Um, That was not very fun. So I got a new one. And of course, I did it for the aesthetic. So it has a marble pattern on it. (laughs) Okay, I think I'm done now. We have a new segment, but up. Uh-huh. Why is it something interesting that you've read recently? <laughs> I was going to do the... And then I was like, wait, that's almost world. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, this is not almost world. This is Periwig, a.k.a. the podcast where I talk and ramble and Julian interrupts my thoughts. Of course. Ding dong. Ding dong. So what is this segment called? Because I think you were laughing when you said it the first time. This segment is called, What is Something Interesting That Julian Has Read Recently? Uh Uh-huh. Well, it wasn't really reading. I guess it was reading. It's um, The Bluebeard Myth. And and it had to do with Killing Eve, the the show. Uh, If anyone has watched that. Um, But basically what it is... I've watched it. True. It's it's a the show is based off that myth uh, in a very interesting way. 
So the original myth is a rich guy has like a bunch of wives, but after he gets them pregnant, they just get killed or they disappear. Turns out they're getting killed. Uh, <laughs> you said that that was so non-suspenseful. You could have done that so much better. Uh-huh. Well, like, I didn't. They got pregnant and then they disappeared. Turns out they died. Uh-huh. They were killed. <laughs> That's right. Um, Comment, whose delivery you enjoyed more? Exactly. Um, I know it's better. So he kills all of his wives. And then um, he has another one. This is the mm-hmm. point where the myth starts. He has a new young wife. And she's like, where did all those other wives go? And he doesn't answer. And then he's like, well, I'm going to go on a business trip. Here's the keys to all my house. Uh, but you can't go in that room, one specific room in a dark hallway. And she's like, okay. But then she opens the door. And what does she find in that room? Candy. Yeah. Candy dead bodies that are all dead. And... Uh, <laughs> Um, and she's very freaked out by that when she figures it out. And uh, then he comes back and he sees that she opened it. And then she dies because she figured it out. And that's I think the end. This is um, also related to the Garden of Eden, right? Um, and the tree, the fruit from the knowledge, from the, wow, the fruit from the tree of good and evil. Or it's like knowledge and evil depends on what translation. But um, Adam and Eve, they ate the fruit when that was the one thing they weren't allowed to do, but they had access to the entire, entire place. Mm-hmm. Um, are they related? Do you think? I mean, probably. Well, are they related? No. But can you see connections between them? Yes, because a very mm-hmm. common moral that pops up is be yeah. curious, but not too curious. Um, which is just be curious, you know? Yeah. Isn't Uh, that what Steve Jobs said? Like never stop questioning. mm Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, that, that is a secret of a lot of things is you just always have to be questioning things. Um, really? I mean, you should. Do you you see what, do you see what I did there? Yeah. Yeah. It is a question. That's right. right. (laughs) Um, but I was reading about that myth because in relation to Killing Eve, if you look at the characters of Killing Eve, the two main ones, Eve and uh, Villanelle, you can see that myth in action. Uh, for those of you that haven't watched the show, it might be spoilers, but not really. What I can tell you is that Villanelle has a lot of money, okay? And she is very fancy, but she does a job that's not very polite and if you think about the myth and the man has all the money what do you think villanelle's job could be if she has all the money in this show um by the way she's an assassin yeah she's an assassin wall street (laughs) assassins same thing um but that's what she does she's an assassin so she is bluebeard in the show and then the wife uh in this case is eve who is a spy trying to catch her Uh, and that's the whole show but when you watch the show it's very evident that that is what the myth 
was and all they did is recolor it with two women in modern times so it's very interesting actually um the other thing you'll find is a lot of shows that are popular actually use the bluebeard myth in it like one that's very similar is called you uh the show you and uh um, the bluebeard also, myth is in there too friends we we are not supposed to find job attractive in the show you we are not supposed to find joe attractive but can i find him cool sure but you're not you're not supposed to be like i wish a guy would stalk me like it's a little dangerous man like people die if you haven't watched the show people die like <laughs> um yeah but basically that's the myth that i was reading that was interesting the bluebeard myth and how it applies to modern television Cool. So what do you yeah, actually want to talk about today? Oh, I was going to say... Oh, keep going, keep going. See, you interrupted my thought. Uh-huh. I don't know. I think it's, like, super, super interesting, like, the different ways that this was depicted. And, like, kind of like we were talking about... Uh, to be honest, we talked about this last night. Um, but, I mean, we talked about it because we plan our episodes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but... Like, like you said, um, like season one, um, Bluebeard is Joe, but then it's kind of, it is like reversed in the second season of you. And then I feel like it's kind of like totally different um, in Killing Eve. And I know like, for some reason, Julian and I like to watch shows where there's like a creepy but really cool, tastefully killing person or like manipulative person. Like we really enjoyed Gypsy on Netflix. Um, I forgot what I was saying, but it's just cool to see the differences and then how they're all related. Oh, I remember. Um, yeah, apparently we have a tendency to like said myth and watch shows that have this commonality. Something that I don't quite understand still is like when you said that um, when the woman finds all the dead bodies, she's like taking back that control. I don't, that concept is still a bit hazy to me. What do you mean? Uh, I mean, in the myth itself, she finds all the bodies and then she's like, oh, I wasn't supposed to find those. So she closes the door to that room, but the, there's blood on the key. And she's trying to wash the blood off of the key and she can't. So then when the key is returned to the guy, when he comes back and he's like, oh, you opened the door. Okay. And then it's over. Stabbed the, her with the key. On the uh-huh. That's right. Um, Death by key. The reason I brought up that yesterday that the woman can be framed as taking back the control in the relationship between the two people there is if the person in control, the dude with the key, gives you the key, and then you use the key when he's not there, right? That 
by definition, I think, means that you were taking back control. But of course, you're using the key in the wrong way in this case, because you opened the one door you weren't supposed to open. So then you lose all possible control that you could have had. I see. I don't know why, but like when you first mentioned this, the first thing I thought of was the Bloodbender episode of Avatar. Mm -hmm. And it was just like creepy in the same way, sort of. Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) Well, do you think that that follows the Bluebeard myth in some way? I mean, it definitely could, but not in the same way. I don't know. Like, there, there are two endings to the like... Bluebeard myth. That the main ending, the one that it was originally written in, is that the Bluebeard kills them all. The other option is that the the woman in the myth uh, turns it around and overthrows him. Yeah, those are the two options. Helped the dead bodies at Bluebeard. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Just pick well, up a yeah, whole. So then that would be Katara. Cool. It's always fun to listen to the things you've read about, and especially about TV shows that we like. Uh huh. Nothing tops Degrassi though. Degrassi is a plus. S status like, cannot be touched. It's more like a sitcom, though. Like in length. Like it's just running super low. So? I was devastated when it was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you get to rewatch all the episodes still. That is true. We're not even like close to finishing, actually. They're, like the seasons on Netflix are, or the seasons before they switched it to Netflix, are very, 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 very long. Yeah, well, we're still on those, so you know, here we are. <laughs> We've been watching it for <sighs> very long time. How long would it have taken you from episode one, season one, to the end if you were just spam watching it like you watched the shows? And I wasn't in a relationship? Probably not even a month. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, I did that when I was in middle school or high school. Yeah, you're middle school. They didn't have as many seasons, but your 24 hour watched... news cycle, but it's all the grass, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I watched all of Grey's Anatomy, which is when I was watching it, it was 15 seasons. Um, and all the episodes are like 40 something minutes each. I watched it, and there's like 22 to 24 episodes per season. I finished it in three months. I finished How I Met Your Mother in 10 days. Um, And I finished, every time a new season of Degrassi came out, I'd watch it in 24 hours. I'm not really sure how. I was like fully in school and there's like 20 something episodes, but 
I did it, so. That's right. It's because I can do a lot of work while watch, watching shows. Now I just watch YouTube. I don't have the <laughs> the brain capacity. <laughs> YouTube's good, too. Well, 85% of teenagers know what YouTube is. That was the stat. Or That's use good. it. I, I guess use it. That was what it was. Yeah, I was going to say, if you don't know what YouTube is. And only 50% I mean, use Facebook. Yeah, like um, for our school, we have um, like the typical like class of 20 whatever pages. Um, and the class of 24 page is the smallest because none of them use Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole different generation. They're the younger Gen Zs, the ones that didn't play Webkins. That's right. They probably played Club Penguin, though, right? They may have also been young, too young for that. Uh, I don't they think were, so. I think they were the ones who like played Pop Tropica. Because if my brother played with, actually, he didn't. No, that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. No, but my brother did, but just, that's because I did. <laughs> I don't know. I think you you might have half half played Club Penguin if they had older siblings that played it. Mm. But if you're like they were not sibling, then maybe. Not, but I didn't play Pop Tropica at all, so. Maybe that's a regional thing. <laughs> cool we math were, games. We were in the same region, question mark. State thing. Uh, everyone plays Korea, cool like, math games. That's true. You know in Korea when you sneeze, there's no, like, you don't say bless you. Yeah, I do know that. Because my Korean teachers were like, yeah, there's no word for that. So just like pretend it didn't yeah. happen. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. True. I've asked you that. Well, and then you just like didn't answer. When I said that the first time, not on the podcast, just in person, I asked you like, hey, do you have a word for this? And you were like, you clearly didn't hear me. And I asked you like three other times. And every time you didn't answer me. Well, that was my response. There's no word for it. Uh-huh, right. So I couldn't answer. Right. Yeah. Defend yourself now. You know, so you couldn't defend yourself before. Because I didn't know it happened before. <laughs> yeah, well. I didn't know you thought I wasn't giving you an answer. That was my answer. Right. Yeah. Again, the self-defense <laughs> retroactive. Uh-huh. Well, Drew, what are we talking about today? I don't know. You were the one who you you were the one who came up with the topic for today. I wasn't. It was my friend. Um, She basically. So I think she's a junior in high school, and she was wondering, like, our college journey. um, It was like applications, getting in, standardized testing, and then a little bit about what college is like. Mm -hmm. Well, we can do it. Where do you want to start? Well. I don't know. I watched a couple of videos of people doing this. And I was just like, cool. You watched videos? Oh, shoot. No. I just read memes. <laughs> my question was honest. <laughs> my answer was honest. Oh, my 
Uh-huh. Um, but, okay, I guess we could start with, like... Picking which ones you wanted to go to. In high school. How about well, picking the, the ones that you wanted to go to? Well, I didn't have any idea of, like, where I wanted to go until... Right. So wouldn't that like, be I, where you I started? I never even, like, thought about it. No, because everything starts before, like... The pressure starts as soon as you hit high school and they're like, hey, P classes. And Maybe at your school, um, not at my school. Oh, yeah, that is true, <laughs> at my school. Um, I took a good number of AP classes. I took like maybe 10 or 11 um, total. Mm-hmm. They were hard. <laughs> um, AP What's bio the hardest hard. one? AP bio. Actually, AP bio really is not hard. the hardest one. A push was really hard. No, AP gov. What about AP physics? Regarded as the hardest one, by the way. AP physics. I didn't study and I got a four. (laughs) Okay. What about AP calc? Which you're also good at, but both of those are regarded as the hardest. BC is hard, though. Harder than the AP. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, BC. I didn't take BC. I took AB. Yeah, I took AB. I'm just saying BC is harder. Well, like both calcs are hard. I know a lot of people in my class struggled. Um, I got a five, but that was like my third time taking calc. So, <laughs> yeah, um, my really high school, if you're listening, yeah, I, I had no previous experience in calc. Um, yeah, but like I didn't know where I wanted to go until like someone mentioned Brown to me, and I was a little rebel child. <clears throat> not was I? I have not grown out of it. Um, but they were like, oh, like, I think you'd like Brown because it's an open curriculum. Like you only have to take um, things that you want to take slash like for your major. So I was like, oh, cool. Like, let's go check it out. So I went on like a lot of college visits and I think my parents were excited that I finally found a direction or like school I wanted to go to, um. So I wanted to go to Brown and then, of course, like the two other <laughs> open curriculum schools were Amherst College and Vassar, Vassar College. It's college, Vassar. right? Vassar yeah. College. Pretty sure. Um, yeah, so I wanted to go to those three and, of course, like the Ivies and Carnegie Mellon. Um, what about Stanford? I did want to go to Stanford, but, you know, like everyone at my school kind of just applies to all the Ivies and like Stanford and, Mm -hmm. you know, like the Vanderbilts and the, yeah, the top 20. Yeah. It doesn't (laughs) matter. It's the top 20. Like University of Michigan's people. Mm -hmm. Or top 30, top 30, essentially. Yeah. Mm. I agree. Yeah. uh, But. Yeah, so, like, obviously, like, I had to keep my GPA high, had to take all the classes, um, take the standardized tests. But before I go on, where did you want to go? Well, where did I want to go? I had no idea, really. All I knew is that Stanford was cool. That was, like, the only school that I was, like. to Stanford. Yeah, I know. Uh, He's a cool. You know, that was the only school where I was like, ah, you know, I want to go here. Um, so I put that on my list. I I picked 
I think 11 schools that I wanted to go to. And so they always tell you to do one or two really hard ones, uh, a bunch of hard ones, but not super hard. And then the easy ones so that you will always have a place to go. Uh, so uh, that's pretty so much what I did. These are usually <coughs> called um, your reach schools, your target schools and your safety schools. So what's really odd is my guidance counselor put Amherst as my as my target school when it's definitely supposed to be a reach school um Why I don't do you know think but that? you know just <laughs> but it's not it was a target school yeah because I, I mean if you well here's my opinion if you did everything to the best of your ability and you succeeded then the only reach schools that you should have are the are the Ivies and Stanford? <laughs> yeah, the Ivies and Stanford, uh, and anything regarded at that tier. Um, but I think, like in terms of liberal, like liberal arts schools, Amherst is at the top according to Wall Street Journal. Um, oh no, it is them, them and Williams. And uh, fun fact for those who don't know, they're effectively the same school. Uh, yeah, um, my guidance counselor also really recommended that I go to Williams. But then I went to go check out the school and I saw more turkeys and cows on the road than I did humans. So then we turned right back around. So that was fun. <laughs> um, yeah, so you never finished answering the question. I wonder why. I wonder why. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> so, you know, the, the hardest school I applied to was Stanford. I didn't do any Ivies because I didn't think that I would make it into those anyway so I just didn't apply to them uh, in retrospect I probably should have anyway but I didn't uh, and then after that I had Amherst on my list because I lived around there so I already knew what the school was um, I had Williams on my list just because it's the opposing school you know just for fun uh, just we for had fun, we had Swarthmore which is where I really wanted to go uh, just because I liked their letters and their emails uh they were really clever um they're like that's where like all the hipsters go sure but that's where i wanted to go uh i didn't visit but um what else i had boston university on that list i had northeastern but northeastern in my head was uh, safety oh um, it was fine but I ended up not applying, I think, because uh -huh. I got into Villanova okay. early. Um, CU Boulder, I applied there as well. I didn't apply to any state schools because I got into Villanova. <laughs> I uh -huh. probably should have, but they were on my list and they only required like the one common app. Essay, but... uh, where else? I think that was most of them honestly um there were probably I a couple talk about like my safeties uh-huh um i think villanova is my only safety that i applied to <laughs> um i guess my cmu one was like kind of a safety just because i went to a program there all right don't get your hopes up about that one uh CMU is hard to get into. Oh, no, it is really hard to get into, but 
like a lot of people got rejected this past like early cycle but everyone that I know from my program got in or got in eventually like they were like waitlisted um but everyone who applied early got in even to the CS school so right um, um yeah I'm, so I, like we had our list oh no yeah you're gonna conclude anyway either I was gonna do it or you're gonna do it so you're gonna do it <laughs> yeah so we had our list and like um like the next thing besides like GPA and like your classes would be all of the things um from college board um and the ACT people because they want your money or the SAT um, people yeah yeah the SAT and ACT people so like I've I talked about like APs a little bit um those are always like good because it shows that you can like handle the rigor or you push yourself or whatever they say <laughs> um usually schools will require an SAT score or ACT score um I'm not even going to talk about SAT twos because you don't need them anymore <sighs> anger but yeah like studying for those was like kind of difficult but I don't know if like you I don't think you studied that much for them either like I definitely was like put into classes and stuff for SAT I spent a whole bunch of money on trying to learn how to SAT and then I ended up taking ACT and not taking that many classes for it and I did well mm. so <laughs> I think it's like a like the type of thinker you are like if you're more analytical um you would definitely do better on the SATs but if you're better at just like cold facts and like working under that like time crunch because oh my god like trying to finish a lot of the sections for ACT is like kind of hard um just because the time limit is very small but if like that's the kind of environment that you you perform best like I definitely remember I definitely recommend taking the ACTs but I know a lot of people who prefer the SATs it depends on what you want try taking like practice tests before don't do what I did and just go into SATs and fail because common core <laughs> um well what I would say you talked about two things there. Okay, you talked about course load and you talked about the SAT. So in terms of high school course load, I only took five APs, okay? And I think I only took one AP test. So out of those five. Um, I was required to take it. Yeah, it makes so sense. I, I, mean, I mean, you should take them. I'm just saying I didn't. Um, but oh, what and like if you do well, you can transfer those over to college credits or like you can place out of intro classes, which is really useful. The most important part about the high school course load that you're taking, especially junior senior year, is yeah, take harder courses. But if you have B's, make sure the later the year goes, you don't have B's. You always want your grades to go up. Because if they were up That's what my in the lower grades looks like. Yeah, if 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 you started at A's and then it goes down, that's worse. Um, yeah, um, aka the final high school transcript that I got because uh, senioritis. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know what that is. I, I didn't think that it existed, to be honest. I thought it was stupid. Uh, well, I just, was I was the stupid. <laughs> well, you just do the work and then you do whatever you want. Uh, but you're talking to someone who always has B's in math. I pretty much only got A's in math in right in the crucial times that I needed it. So that yeah. was freshman, sophomore, junior year of high school. And then senior year, I got a B, uh, which I was okay with. But um, maybe you're not. In, I got a B or B plus in AP Gov. Mm-hmm. Um, um, <laughs> I was supposed to get a B plus in AP Bio, but by the end of the year, because the last quarter was just um like labs and they're like super easy because we had taken the ap um so i ended up getting a 90 no an 89.6 which rounds up to an a minus so i was like yes let's go <laughs> nice um yeah the important part is in my opinion don't overload yourself with aps i think that's stupid because they just want to see that you can do it yeah, they just want to know that you can do it. You don't really have to do it to be valedictorian. Um, or like you have to do it to be valedictorian. But I was top 20 in my school and I had way less APs than the top 10. So oh my gosh, I have doesn't really matter. never been ranked like that. Well, your school, school didn't like ranks. it because you have so many competitive people in there that they'd be very sad. We would just all murder each other. <laughs> right, so they took it out. But my huh. school didn't do that because we didn't have that many people that were caring about that sort of thing. Am I allowed to talk about a high school scandal regarding? Yeah, it's not your job to cover it up. That's true. Um, it's not really, it's not that scandalous, but it's like morally wrong. Um, uh, some people in my year who were like at the top, like did all the science research and everything, um, they all go to IVs and stuff now, even though they did this and the school covered it up. But they basically like made an entire list of a lot of the Asians that were competitive for college and they ranked them based on how threatening they thought they would be. Like this had like SAT scores, ACT scores, GPA, um, like family issues like demographics for like one person they were like oh she's from like a minority family and or like she's a minority ethnicity and her parents are divorced so she's definitely gonna get in wherever she wants and I was like damn um and somehow this list got leaked to the entire school or like my entire year at least um yeah I wasn't I wasn't on the list nobody thought I'd be competitive look at me now um but I was just like bruh um like if like you really gotta be that scared also um I guess to transition into like extracurriculars and stuff um I know a fair amount of people that I think are geniuses like probably like the smartest people I know but they didn't have like that many extracurriculars and they weren't like very convincing on paper um in terms of like personality and stuff um so 
yeah like make sure you find something in high school that you love to do um do that thing don't you don't necessarily need to like spread yourself so thin and do a bunch of like different things like for me I was really dedicated to playing flute and I made sure to do like all the like competition things not like real competitions but um things for like all county all eastern all national I didn't get into eastern oh all state um I also didn't get into all state but you did get into all national so the rest of those are I was getting there so I did all county basically all throughout high school um I auditioned for Allstate and I made it as an alternative, alternate, so I didn't, for Piccolo. Um, So I didn't actually get in, but that made me eligible to um, audition for nationals. And I wasn't allowed to do Eastern because I didn't go to state where they took information for auditions. I don't really know. Um, So then my senior year, I got into nationals and I played flute there. It was at Disney. It was an all expense, all expenses paid trip to Disney, basically. Um, but because I went to that, they were like, you can't go to state this year because they were like back to back. And I, uh, their logic was, you've already proven yourself that you can play well. So you don't have to go to state. And I was like, but I want to go. But apparently state isn't that fun. Like, it's fun to like play the music, but it's, like the schedule is like super rigorous and people are like always tired. Whereas like for nationals, um, like we had a lot of downtime to go and play at the parks, which was really exciting. Um, yeah, and I did a lot of like outside of school music things. I was in a band. Um, they only stuck me in the lower band because they needed a piccolo. So I quit um, when I got in, <laughs> when I got into um an orchestra and I was first chair in the top orchestra um it there's like principal orchestra a symphony orchestra and then maybe it's just like string ensemble or something I don't remember but normally it's wind ensemble but it was just strings yeah, so that's why I said string. I, I also thought wind, but... Maybe, is it symphonic, maybe? No, that was the second one. Symphony. Okay. Anyways, I got into the top orchestra, um, first chair, and we play at Carnegie Hall. So I have that as well. Um, and I also played flute for the musical at my school one year, and then I was actually in the musical the next year. Uh, yeah, so I, I pretty much like focused on flute. I didn't really worry about doing like math competitions or like science research competitions, mostly because I hated doing research for things I don't care about. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I wasn't very worried about like doing sports or like doing things just to like look good on paper. Like I actually enjoyed playing flute and um Doing those things, I think, made me a competitive applicant. And also, if you do, like, music or something, you can send in, like, supplements to your applications. Um, I also did bowling. 
Yeah, but you did that for fun. See, it's kind of I did. I did that for fun. See, it's not the same. Uh, In terms of application strength, she said the right thing, and then she explained her experience. Um, What I mean is, what the application readers are looking for is to make sure that you are really good at something. uh, Generally speaking, it's called a spike when you read about it in college prep guides it's called having a spike and so ashley spike was playing music okay she plays the flute and the piccolo at a national level that's her spike whether she likes to admit that or not uh so she had that you can look me up on youtube (laughs) uh so make sure you have have a spike uh i had two uh but i also didn't get to a national level in either of them right so i got to the state level in both of them uh, so I did DECA, which is a business presentation competition thing, um, where you have to prepare a presentation in 10 minutes off of notes that they give you, uh, randomly 10 minutes before. So you have 10 minutes to prepare and 10 minutes to talk. Uh, it's quite interesting. Um, I wish my school had DECA. I heard a um, lot of fun things about it. Oh, no. Yeah. It was super fun. You get to wear the fancy business stuff. Yeah. Super fun. Um, you know, so I did that and I got to the state level. I was two spots off of going to nationals. So I almost made it, but it wasn't quite there. Um, but I did that two years in a row. So that was good. And then the other thing that I really spent all my time on was theater. Um, so I, I made a movie in high school. Um, I did that with my friend over the weekend for three months straight. Uh, we filmed at an airport, and we had someone from NYU come down and act in it. Um, the movie is called Just Say uh-huh. Goodbye. And, uh, oh, I guess go up. But, it is um, go up. <laughs> the movie is called Just Say Goodbye. Um, you can find it on Amazon. Yes, you can. Um, let me warn you, it's only okay. Like, honestly. But Remember that weird, like, color correction thing? And then they uh-huh. like- it just i was like yeah it's only okay but it, once you remember that it was made by warning. once you remember that it's made by two 16 year olds um with thirteen thousand dollar budget then you remember and you go ah that's actually okay um so i did that and i was also the director of my theater program uh at my school the final year i was oh, in it um I'll say it after you're done. I'll control myself. So, you know, when you're at the top of your, whatever program you're doing, um, you know, Ashley did it in flute and I did it in theater. Uh, It's very clear to the application readers that you're passionate about that thing. Um, So when we move on to essays, we'll talk about it again, but basically having a spike is good for not only showing that you're good at something, but also you can use it in your essay. So you sound like a person instead of, I did five bajillion things and I was only okay at all of them. Like they don't want to see that. They want to see, I spent most of my time doing this thing. Yeah. And I did my required community service, but I mostly did this thing, uh, you know, and that's the important part. Yeah. Um, your spike is important. And um one way to show that you like really care about what you're doing is uh, by 
it's it's so cliche but like um you can really show that you're passionate about something if you are a leader in it like mm-hmm. julian said like he was a director and i was like principal flute which means i controlled my entire section haha <laughs> Um, <laughs> side note I played Debussy Prelude to the Afternoon of a Fawn which is basically a flute concerto oh it was so nice if you look you can actually look it up there's a fuzzy um, it's the Metropolitan Youth Orchestra and it's from like 2017 or 18 mm-hmm. uh, yeah but like try to be like a leader so like if you are very passionate about the first thing I thought about was environmental club because <laughs> okay. my school had that and a lot of people Fine. did it. So like, let's say you're like really passionate about like helping the environment. It, you can be like the president of the club, you know, and then um, you can show that you spend like a lot of time working on that. Um, like that's always something good. And as Julian said, like you can use these things when you're writing your college essays Um it's I'm sure like it's said a lot but you really want to come off like a person um and not like you're a robot being like accept me I have no grades I am cool um they want to see you kind of be like vulnerable and really open up and um they want to see that you're really excited about something it's kind of like if you're on a date if your date is kind of just like eh and like showing off like that they can do like all the things and you're just like okay but like you really care about like one thing because I know um being with Julian like he's very passionate about theater and like music and these things and um it makes for like a very cool like first impression and um makes you stand out so I don't really remember what I wrote my essays on but probably music and playing flute and how that made me happy <laughs> and like sharing that with people. Um, I mean, for my essays, so the secret with the essays is they're always going to make you write like three for the big schools. Um, and they're, they're not that long, right? You have your common app one if you're using that or the equivalent, you're always going to have the general one. And then you're usually going to have a supplement one or another supplement like uh Stanford has a bunch of tiny ones. Um, oh, I, oh, I was really Stanford bad had at them. So many. I was really bad. Oh, at yeah. Them. I was like, I don't know what to write. Um, also, like, yeah. Yes. I, there were just a lot of random questions. I was going to talk about voices. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's finish the essay section. Then you can talk about yeah. the fun. That's why, that's why I section. stopped talking. <laughs> uh, you know, so the important part about essays is knowing that you have to write like three. So you have to pick which subject is going to be your main essay effectively. Whatever your common app essay or the equivalent of that essay is. Uh, your longest one. What is it going to be? Uh, for me, it was, I, I think I actually wrote about going to a college interview like that's what I wrote about now it wasn't it wasn't a great subject I would say but the way I framed it was that I was leaving one place and going to another and then I was excited but also sad to do that um and I and I was but you know 
uh, it shows that I was thinking about it. So that's the general essay. But I bet you that's not the one that got me in. Um, so for a lot of the schools, they're going to ask you to write supplement ones that those are the ones, in my opinion, you have to show off or show that you're excited. So for me in my Amherst essays, I had to write, uh, I think one supplement and the supplement I wrote was about K-pop. Um, and that's really random, but they're going to remember something like a K-pop essay, uh, but I also it's just like really like K-pop. That wrote, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that person that wrote an entire essay on go to Costco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they got into like all the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you, those essays are where you can show you're a person. You know, if you do a club, that is my two essays in supplement for Amherst were theater and K-pop. So Amherst only required one. Did it? Another school, I definitely read about theater. I know that. Um, it is Williams. Williams, I wrote about a snowball fight with my How do you brothers. remember this? Because I, remember... I spent so much time on these essays. Oh, I... Because I wasn't applying to a bunch. You know, I didn't apply to 20 or 30 like most kids. I only applied to 10. So I really spent time on those like 10 schools. I don't remember how many I applied to. Definitely don't apply to 40. I know someone who goes here that did that. <laughs> You're only allowed to apply to 20 via Common App anyway. Like, um, I think my supplement for Amherst was about music and um, how I've played so many different types of music in like different places and how that impacts the way I'm like, I become like a global citizen rather than just an individual. Essays um, are boring. Essays are They're boring, probably... but they were my favorite part to do. So, uh, I mean, yeah, but all parts are not that fun. <laughs> well, the rest of it's like filling in like boring. where you live and stuff. It's not that interesting, you know, but the essays, at uh, least you got to do stuff. Yeah, and colleges know, like, you're nervous and you'll be trying to sound more formal or come off probably not the way that you want. And Amherst does this thing where they have a bunch of people, like, act out, like, random lines, totally probably taken out of context from college essays. And they're really, it's so funny because they're basically being like, just laugh at yourself, man. Like, it's not that deep. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Amherst College, uh, the program is called Voices. Uh, I'm in it. This is why I know. Uh, but every freshman gets to submit, if they want, they are allowed to submit their essay to the Voices program, and we will take their essays. We read all of them, and we take lines from them uh, completely out of context and make it super funny, like she said. So a lot of them, uh, we have different sections. So it's like general and so, you know, a lot of the essays would read something like, when I was five, I wanted to become an astronaut. But instead of saying it in context, we'll just take that line and make it sound super funny. Like, we'll make it, uh, what's one? Oh, we have a, a high section. So a lot of the lines, if you say them really slowly, uh, they're just super funny. So one of the lines I remember from last year was, 
like, if you were a bird, you know, like, what kind of bird would you be? And it's yeah. such a random line. But uh, when you're in a room of 500 people, that clearly every line from that show on the stage is from one of your essays. Um, you get a lot of community interaction. You talk to everyone around you because you're like, okay, whose essay was that? You know, and yeah. once you realize it's your essay, you laugh super hard. Now, my essay wasn't oh. used, but... I don't know if I gave permission to use mine. I don't remember. Uh, I did, but, you know, mine wasn't that funny. I, I genuinely do not remember. <laughs> um, s- someone had a line about throwing their shoe in a toilet or something in one of the essays, so we used that. Um, See, like, these are memorable things, and you want to have, like, a memorable moment in your essay. Um, I don't want to talk about essays anymore. They're kind of boring. <laughs> I understand. Um, I think I pretty much covered a lot of the college process. What is the ideal testing score if you're going to take the tests? My definition is a lot different from yours, so you should probably answer this one. <laughs> well, what's the what lowest? Told, what What's the lowest possible score you think that should be allowed? on APs or on your SAT or ACT. on APs you just need to pass so get like a three and above um <laughs> so for me I was like okay I'm gonna get a 34 on the ACT out of 36 or above a 1500 on the SATs but I know that is just my school talking so you might want to answer this <laughs> Um, so ideally, yeah, you would get a perfect on both of those, you know, and I know someone who did, and then 10 years later, still is able to do it. But uh, most, no, Uh, Ned Fulmer. Oh, my gosh, someone I know got near perfect scores on both and Mm -hmm. didn't end up at a big school because he wasn't he didn't have like a spike. Well, yeah, it wasn't cool. You just did school. That's not what they want to hear. But he did um, like other things. I think. Yeah, but was he know. good at them? He did a lot of like church things. Okay. I don't know. Anyways, what were you saying? <laughs> um, the lowest minimum score you should get on your SAT, because that's the one I took, is like a fourteen hundred, because at least then you got seven hundred, seven hundred ish. Uh, on both and so they know you can do it if you really try hard um now at amherst i think i have one of the lowest sat scores possible me too Uh, i did really but you didn't submit that one so it doesn't count uh (laughs) amherst requires you to submit it though sure but they're just going to look at the higher one they're not going to look at the uh here so yeah um but ideally when you super score you want to have at least a 1400 uh, because if you have lower also, than that they're probably just gonna throw it super away score. you can't really super score the act a lot of schools don't let you for some reason but now i heard that you can just take one section of the sat on a testing day so i was like interesting i don't know um, a lot of things have changed and it's only been maybe like four years yeah, that's a long time. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So 1400 on your SAT 
whatever the equivalent that is on your ACT. So probably like a 30, uh, maybe 31. That sounds about right. Um, that's like the lowest possible score. You should really try to get higher than that. Uh, now, also, I had a like, 1400. Not a lot of schools. So. Like, it really depends on where you want to go. Because, like, the average score could be, I don't know, like a 1200. And that's, like, completely fine. I think standardized testing really depends on, like, the person, the day. Like, there's just a lot of factors. So if you don't do well, like, what you're going to do, you know? Um, the, the average the score on the SAT is 1,000. That's how it's yeah, designed. Yeah, it's 1,000. That's how it's designed. But if you're going to go to the one of the top 30s, again, I'm just mm-hmm. saying the minimum you that's should true. get is probably 1,400. Every other school that's not looking for a cutoff score like that um, because they all have cutoff scores. Uh, the top 30 do. They don't say it, but they do. They do. Uh, and it's about 1,400. They like so. they literally like sift through and they're like, oh, this one's not, this one's mm-hmm. not. And so, maybe they'll make like one exception. <laughs> um, the only exceptions that I've seen for that is generally if you're like godlike at a sport and you got a 1,200 or a 1,300, then they still look at you because you're really good at the sport. Um. But yeah, just try to make sure it's like 1,400-ish. That's what you want. The AP scores don't matter as much because you're really using that just to skip uh, classes if you want to skip them in college, the intros. So uh, are there other things that you think are important to the college process? Not including looking for your colleges, which we did. Um, basically just look really hard uh what classes you should take (laughs) um oh that's funny you know the the spike in the essays what about visits are visits important i think so because you can get like the vibe of the campus but honestly like i don't really remember a lot of them because if i don't go there then it's kind of like like meaningless words and I'm like oh like this is pretty but it's like definitely not the same Mm -hmm. okay well my experience is that visits are very important (laughs) yeah but you went to a bunch and you already knew where you kind of wanted to go right so it's kind of kind of different for someone who doesn't know um I wanted to go to UC Berkeley and I got in and I went to visit and I was like Ah, I like it actually. But the problem was it was like burning. So it was very smoky. So I really didn't like that. Um, that's not the reason you I don't do well with pollution. Yeah. Uh, You're really bad with pollution. <laughs> but that's not why I didn't go there. I didn't go there because the whole time I was there, I didn't talk to anyone and no one was coming up to me. And granted, it's a huge university. So it's not that surprising that everyone's kind of minding their own business. But I did not like the fact that people weren't that friendly um, and I'm introverted. So you kind of have to be friendly or I'll just not talk, you know? Um, That's how so it was, it was, it was too big of a university for me, even though I, in theory, that was where I wanted to go. Um, yeah. Now that I'm at Amherst, like, I don't think I can ever imagine going to such a big school. Cause even seeing like 260 people in my psych lecture the first day i was like oh, those are just small fish big mm-hmm. pond 
very very small fish <laughs> that's right um in my own little amherst corner so then i was then between uh boston university northeastern williams and amherst and i visited bu and northeastern and i visited northeastern and it was the same thing i was like ah it's too big uh I was in the honors program and everything. You know, I, I would have only paid for one out of the four years. Um, but I just didn't like it that much. Uh, and then I missed my BU University honors program uh, thing. So I just left and I crossed it off the list. Um, <laughs> and then um, uh, after that, I uh, what did I do instead? I remember because we... I woke up in Boston. I was like, oh, we have to go to the thing. And I had the time wrong. So then we went and they were like, mm, well, it's already over. I was like, that's cool. So we got pizza and left instead. Uh, anyway, so then my choices were between Amherst and Williams. And I visited Amherst and I really liked it. Everyone was friendly. Um, obviously, I go here now. Um, yeah, you do. You know, uh, but then I visited Williams after and objectively, I felt that Williams was better. Okay. Um, but I visited and it was, uh, it was super pretty. And um, I had a good time. Actually, I, I, I met a couple of people and that was fine. But the amount of students there that weren't also prospectives that were friendly were like zero. They were all very, the best word I could say is proper or preppy. There was a there was a energy to them that I just didn't vibe with. You know, they were a little bit too formal for me. Um, but the classes were cool, and the theater department was cool. Um, but I chose Amherst because I liked the vibe of the people better. And uh, you know, so if if you like the vibe of the people. That's what I would go for the visits for, um, just to see the vibe of the campus. I guess uh, I cheated because I already knew the vibe of the of the places that I wanted to go to. Right. That's why it's not important. Like you didn't have to visit anywhere because out of the places you wanted to go, well, you I did been. have to visit Amherst. You had already been to a lot of those places. I think when I visited Amherst, I was kind of already under the impression that I would go here. Um, so I got into Amherst, CMU, Vassar, Villanova. I don't really know anywhere else, but I don't think I got in anywhere else. Um, mm -hmm. I don't remember. <laughs> um, IVs are hard, but <laughs> uh I knew I didn't want to go to Vassar or Villanova because Amherst and CMU were kind of like my top choices um, for two totally like different reasons. I think I pulled a uh, <laughs> um, like a, the prestige card, like which one's like better. So that's kind of why I chose Amherst over Vassar. Also, like, I've never been to Vassar. Um, and then CMU, I've, like, I've already been there and lived there. I know Pittsburgh. Not 
like super well, but I know like good places to eat and stuff. Um, oh my gosh, this one bubble tea place is so good. Uh, yeah, but I kind of pretty much already knew like the vibe. I didn't have to like go back, but I I did to see my friends. Um, that was fun. Um, yeah, but I ended up choosing Amherst because I didn't want the... I don't want to say like stress culture because like I feel like Amherst kind of has that too but it's in like a different way like I think like heavily like STEM students being stressed is really different from like the weird liberal arts kids being stressed <laughs> um yeah maybe it was a vibe but I also just didn't want to be told what to take <laughs> jokes on me I'm pre-med but <laughs> yeah I don't know. There's always like more to talk about, but we've been talking for a long time and I'm kind of hungry. Understandable. Okay, bye. Just kidding. <laughs> Any final words? Oh, don't worry. You'll get in somewhere that's good for you. Like I thought my life was over when I didn't get into Brown, but I'm very, very happy at Amherst. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, I really love my school, so. Yeah. If you have any other questions, feel free to reach out via the Instagram DMs, which a oh, perfect segue into our socials. Go follow us on Instagram at periwinkpod, at periwinkpod on Twitter, Pairing podcast on YouTube, subscribe, like, if you're watching the video, comment something fun. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Music, don't forget to give us five stars. And yeah, you can find all our links and stuff at our website. That's periwink.card, C-A-R-R-D.co. Um, all our socials and places you can listen to our podcast is all there. I think that's it. Okay. Penguin, my penguin says bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>